leaning into God's faithfulness in a lot of ways, and, and that can be difficult. But we lean into God's faithfulness for what he wants to do. We say yes to this hour of what God may want to do in our hearts. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. That's, it's, sort of, it's sort of a liturgy we have here. We just say, come Holy Spirit. We open the doors of our hearts this morning for you to do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, God, we, we welcome you, we thank you, we love you, and uh, we just, all of this is for you, Lord. We, we love you this much, that we would get out of bed, that we would sing these songs that we wouldn't normally sing, that we would be with one another in a way that we typically wouldn't be. All for you, Lord. We love you so much. Amen.
is his love so unfailing is his grace that draws us shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will and shall accomplish this. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, some following verses, beginning with verse 14, For he himself, that is of course the Lord Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of all hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Let's pray over this time of light. Lord, thank you for your light. Not just this external light, not just the lights that shine from these candles, but the light that you would put in each one of our hearts and you would put in our lives that others might see you. And so as we rejoice in the peace that you've given us, we just pray, especially in this day and time, that your peace would be made evident more and more through us, around us, 
and may you truly be crown king, Lord, uh, mighty God in the hearts of men and women here and around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jacob, would you come up here with me? Y'all, this is my friend Jacob. Can you say hi, Jacob? Well, you can say hi, too. You can say hi to Jacob. Um, Jacob's been having this experience with God. And much like yours, it's continued to grow over time. And I don't know about you, but as I grow with Jesus, more and more things in my life conflict. The Lord says, hey, I know you want that in your life, but actually, I've got this for your life, right? And... Um, as Jacob has been attending Mission Vineyard over the last, I don't know, months, right? The Lord has continued to say to you, actually, it's, it happened with an encounter. I remember at church one time, you were like, wait, something happened today. Yeah. You experienced God in like a special way, right? I did, yeah, I did. And so I, you, when you came and told me that, I said, well, I, I wonder if God, like, have you been baptized? Is that a thing? And you're like, no, actually, I want to get baptized. I'm like, oh, well, then we should do that. And, uh, and so we began this journey of uh, continuing. Oh, thanks. You can have this one. We're going to turn this one on. So we began a journey of just discipleship. So what does that look like? We have coffee. Uh, we talk about life. We hear stories. Lots of stories. Hard stories. Yeah. Uh, raise your hand if you've got a hard story, especially before you met Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, along this journey, we said, you know, it's just hearing the story and then and Jacob saying, well, I, I actually, I want to make some decisions before I get baptized. I want this to be gone in my life. I want to break this in my life. I want to break this in my life. I want Jesus to do all of this. So we prayed through those things. And then Jacob said, well, I want to make some decisions. I've got to do some things. And so he's done some things that have broken off some past things, like some physical things. Jacob's made some physical decisions to break off what was attached to him in his life in the past. And he, Jacob's got faith that he's going to move forward in Jesus. He's got hope that Jesus is going to take care of him. Raise your hand if you still screwed up after you got baptized. Yeah. But that doesn't have to happen the same way, does it? 
It happens with Jesus in our midst. We welcome Jesus into all of life, and Jesus brings us back and says, no, this isn't. You remember, you committed your life to me. So I'm going to ask Jacob some questions right now, and then we're going to go outside, and it's going to be cold, and you're going to endure the cold with him, and he's going to be cold with you, but more cold than you, because he's going to get in water. And we've thrown a bunch of boiled water in there, but it's still cold. But we're going to ask, I'm going to ask Jacob some questions right now that identify like he wants to be with Jesus and that's it. And we're going to take him at his word because that's all we have, right? Each one of us, we, we just, we have the word, we take our word with Jesus and that's, that's, and Jesus takes us from there. But we're going to surround him because we're his body. Jacob's part of the body that you're a part of. So you guys are thumbs or elbows or whatever. And Jacob's one too promising to journey together because we can't be part of Christ without being part of the church. There's just no way. If you're part of one, you're part of the other. So as Jacob says these questions, would you also make a promise in your heart that, that you're a part of this body with him, committed to supporting him, that he's not alone in following Jesus as he makes this word both to Christ and to you? Does that make sense? Okay, so Jacob... Get my questions up. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord and King? I do believe, yes. Yes, awesome. Do you renounce Satan and all of his works and all of his ways? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do you confess your need for the forgiveness of sins and with a humble heart put your hope in God's mercy and your whole trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior? I do. Yeah. And with his help, do you seek to follow him, becoming more like him, until you see him face to face? Yes. Yeah. Amen. 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 So let's join Jacob outside, and we're going to baptize him, and then he's going to get prayed for, for the Holy Spirit to fill him, and uh, to guide him and, and empower him for the rest of his life. So let's go.
You can stand. We're going to worship with a couple more songs.
same thing, come. Advent is a season of waiting and wanting, looking and longing, inviting Christ to come once more into our lives and into our world. Uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, one of the founder of the Cistercian Priestly Order, once observed that the season of Advent anticipates the coming of Christ from three different perspectives. First, of course, the physical nativity of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, first coming, as it were. Also, the second, and perhaps the most important for us here today, is the reception of Christ, the Savior and Lord, in the heart of each one of us as believers. It's another coming. Of course, we anticipate, we expect, we await, we hope his coming again, a 
as Christ, the King of glory at the end of the age. So this morning in communion, I wanted to pull us into this second part here about we get to celebrate his coming really every day of each of our lives with his presence in our life. Uh, as the song before that we sang, you know, we find strength in your presence, God. And so communion is not just a ceremony of remembrance alone. It's also a celebration of his presence with us right here, right now. We're at his table just as surely as we're around a table with the disciples during Pentecost or during that time of Passover when he shared that supper with them in person. But the fact is he's here in person even now. So in this perspective, the presence of Christ himself is among us. And Advent is intended to be this season of anticipation of his every coming. But I think most particularly today, I want us to focus on his presence among us. Advent not only speaks of his coming, but his most particularly his remaining with us. Not just here fleetingly, but remaining with us this morning. That is the celebration of the Lord's Supper, sometimes called communion, because we commune with him even here and now. It's also called the Eucharist, which is a word of thanksgiving and celebration. So as we come this morning, the Lord is with us, his body broken for us. In Luke 22, 19, he said, this is my body, which is given for you. And that's all of us. His blood shed for our sins. Again, in Luke 22, 20, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So as we come this morning, Today, we are celebrating both his advent among us and communion with him, the anticipation of his coming and his presence among us. So first of all, let's take this bread, certainly in remembrance of him, but his body broken for us to take on our sins that we might have life in him, we might have communion with him, that we might enjoy his presence in our lives. Let's take this bread. And let us also take this juice in celebration, not only of his having come, our relationship with him now, because this is the blood of his covenant that's established this relationship with him. It washes away. It doesn't just cover up like the old sacrificial blood. His blood washes away our sin that we might have fellowship with him, that we might enjoy his presence every moment of every day that we live here in anticipation of even more to come. So let's take this juice together. Father, we say thank you that truly, as we just sang, in your presence, we find our strength.
deliver our deliverer you are savior in your presence we find our strength over everything our redemption god with us god with us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen let it be lord Bruce, would you come and tell us what's going on in the church now as we continue in God's kingdom work and hearing Sounds all good. kinds of things? Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, John. Um, good morning, Mission Vineyard. So, yeah, it's really joyful this morning. I did not know that we have baptized, so that was, like, very joyful. So welcome, Jacob, to our family. Um, so my name is Bruce. Uh, if you are the first time coming to our church, we're just honored to, like, be with you. And... Uh, um, we have, um, we have a calling card, and we have uh, some gift for you. Uh, if you feel comfortable, as comfortable as you feel like, and you can fill up this. Uh, get, uh, keep updated with uh, all the church events. We do have a mana bag. It's a bag of like some essentials that for people, like this morning specifically, like it's pretty cold. So I was thinking this might be very helpful to people, you know, uh, don't have a place to stay. Um, so yeah, but you got this. Uh, uh, it's a gift for uh, from us to you. So uh, you can uh, talk to our leader and then um, you can get that from the back of the table. Uh, next one. We have uh, we do have Christmas service on the 24th, 5 p.m. and we have uh, child care on if you the kids are ages of five or less and uh, we have the we provide the child care and then it will be upstairs. Uh, we also have some invites on the back of the table. You can grab them. There's like a candy there and you can share with uh, just all your neighbors and friends. That, uh, can invite them all come. Um, and Next one tonight, we have a last Christmas caroling of this year. It's start at the 5:30, and uh, uh, basically we're gonna drive around um, on for like around like an hour, and the, yeah, we'll be like in the trailer. But it was super fun, and we have hot cocoa. Uh, just make sure that you dress proper for the weather. I think it's pretty cold today, um, and then we'll also get chance to pray for people. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, so. Uh, we get this happening here uh, in Duzian. We'll meet up at the parking lot, 5:30. Um, I'll see you guys there. Yes. Um, so next one, um, we have we have Sunday service. So on 26, and we'll meet regularly on the same time. But uh, instead of doing like the whole service, we'll do some more casual family um, um, brunch. So we we'll provide tea, coffee, and um, you can just come, feel free to come and. You can bring some food where you don't have to bring some food. Just come over and hang out at some uh, casual um, just time, of uh, community time. 
Um, and last, I'll just uh, pray for the offer real quick. So God, just uh, thanks for all that uh, you are giving to us. Lord, pray that all the resources um, we have, Lord, uh, we'll be able to follow your lead. And then with your wisdom, Lord, help us to better serve the community around us. And then just pray for this morning. Uh, just open our hearts to receive uh, what you pray for us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning. My voice isn't loud enough without a mic, so I better turn my <laughs> mic on. Good morning. This is a tag team sermon. This is the ugly half, and this is the pretty half. <laughs> well, I thought like I was just going to sit here, and you were going to mentor me because you know you're our mentor <laughs> pastor. <laughs> the way I mentor. Future preachers or present preachers is, I teach them how to preach really long sermons. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we, I think we need to get out soon. So. We, we do, we do. I don't know where we're going to sit. So John asked us to do a tag team sermon today, and what an exciting thing that is. Mm -hmm. I think you all know that Carol uh, is a pastor in our church, and she gives oversight to small groups and to helping people discover their spiritual gifts. What, what do we call that? Uh, uh, discipleship. Discipleship, <laughs> there you go. So we're in a series. Would you believe it has something to do with Christmas, this series? <laughs> and uh, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. So the series is called Light of the World. And this day, the, the sermon topic is peace. And uh, we've had a theme verse for the whole series, John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And so it's just a, a wonderful thing to know that Jesus has come into the world to be the light of the world. But concentrating on this word peace. So um, you know what the shepherds received from the angel of the Lord that we've read about in Luke chapter 2. It kind of, it kind of culminates in this. Today in the, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Christ, is, is um, really what we usually say for the word Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So we should have that verse up there. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So notice that right in the middle of the annunciation of the pronouncement that the angels bring, they promise peace. And this statement of peace reflects the anticipation that all the Jews had, going back to the Old Testament and their anticipation of the coming Messiah. And when Randall and Kay came and lit the Advent candles, they read a portion of Isaiah 9. I'm going to read it again because it, it sets the stage for this anticipation that the Messiah would bring peace. 
The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and now listen, Prince of Peace. Would you say that with me? Prince of Peace. His government and its what? Peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So there's this powerful passage from Isaiah. So last night I drove over to drove up to Austin. I braved Interstate 35. <laughs> And uh, I attended uh, the first service of Thrive Austin Vineyard in a new location. Scott Hatch is the pastor. He's spoken here before. And on the way home, uh, you know, it, it was even heavier traffic. And I was able to get the classical station in Austin, and they were playing Handel's Messiah. And when they got to that part about... For unto us a child is born. Sing it with me. Unto us a son is given. And then it goes on. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Counselor, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yes. I almost had a wreck. <laughs> and the people around me almost had a wreck because they could see me going. <laughs> and they knew I was too old to be singing rock and roll. So, Okay, here's a question. Did the world need peace then? Yes. Has it needed peace during the 2,000 years since then? Yes. Has it needed peace this year? Yes. Have you heard any news about places like Afghanistan? Have you heard any news about places like Yemen? Have you heard any news about places like Myanmar? Have you heard any news about places like the Ukraine with Russian troops poised on the bar border? Well, we might say this, peace on earth, like the angel said, peace in our lives, peace in our time. So the famous English poet Longfellow wrestled with this question, Carol, at the Christmas season, and you may know this, we didn't sing that today, did we? I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I was after, outside greeting. So. After service. Oh, we're going to sing it. Okay. Okay, good. So I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then he has a couple of verses that are reflecting on the fact that it's pretty bleak out there in the world. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. So in addition to the lack of peace in the world, many of us struggle to have peace in our lives. 
So how is it that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, can be called the Prince of Peace? What does the word of the angel to the shepherds mean? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, Wordsworth does give us a hint in the last stanza of his poem. He says, then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead. Say it with me. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. So when the Lord comes back, there's going to be peace on earth. The Messiah brought it, and it will be accomplished and fulfilled, and there will be no more war, there will be no more murder, there will be no more stealing, there will be no more lying, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more death. So we know that the peace that the Messiah brings is for the future, but how about for the present? What about now? What about in the meantime? The primary need for peace, you see, is between us and God. And that's the part if we leave out, we'll miss everything. We need peace between us and God. Did you know that in Romans chapter 5, we're told that we're God's enemies? We are God's enemies and we need to be reconciled to him. We need to be changed from being his enemies to being his friends. It says this, in fact, in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. When we put our faith in him, when we confess our sins... These are things that Randall was talking to us about in communion. And when we invite him into our lives, the war is over and we get peace. So let me just read a little bit more from Romans 5. We won't have it up there. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So, we know that Jesus is going to bring peace to the whole world when he returns. We know that the Christian church has the obligation to try to bring peace to the earth right now. We have an obligation not to not to stir up trouble, not to take sides in, in politics and get all involved in more hatred and more strife. We have an obligation as the church of Jesus Christ to try to be, bring advocates for peace. But even more important for us as individuals is this peace that God offers to us right now, right now, like the, like the angel said to the shepherds, for those on whom God's favor rests, this is why Isaiah can call the Messiah the Prince of Peace right now and not just when the kingdom comes in its fullness because we can all experience the peace of God in our lives, reconciled to him. And Carol is now going to bring the good part of the sermon because she's going to talk about how we get that peace in our lives. And Carol, I am looking forward to this. Would you welcome Carol? Yes. Thank you, Herschel. Um, you know, as Herschel and I talked about splitting the sermon, I feel like I got the easy part, um, and Herschel uh, got the little bit harder part. So if you have any hard questions, you can ask Herschel after <laughs> service. Um, 
But what Herschel said, I think, was important, giving us the background from both the Old and New Testament. Um, but one of the primary things that he shared was that uh, the peace that Jesus brings is the peace between God and man. Jesus became a man, and he died a criminal's death so that we could have peace. All over the New Testament, it says that Jesus is our peace. In Ephesians 2, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were, who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father in one spirit. And in verse 14, it says Jesus brought peace to us. So what is the difference between worldly peace and godly peace? I think anyone can have peace in this world, but the difference is where you get that peace. The peace that a follower of Jesus has versus a non-believer um, is different. A non-believer is dependent uh, on the worldly methods to find peace. They depend on themselves, others, and resources around them. This type of peace is dependent on circumstance and individual ability. It's temporary. The followers of Jesus, on the other hand, depend on God for their peace. It doesn't matter their circumstance because with God, they have peace and God never changes. Jesus promised us in John 14 that the peace he gives cannot be given by anything or any person in this world. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. He reminds us that his peace does not keep us from trouble and fear, but it protects us from allowing these things to overwhelm us. The peace he gives does not mean peace in the absence of trouble, but peace in the midst of trouble. Peace is not from the absence of fear, but peace in the midst of fear. Mm -hmm. The peace which the world offers is a peace of escape, the peace that comes from avoiding trouble, peace based upon what one possesses financially and materially, a peace which comes from refusing to face our realities. The peace that Jesus offers is a peace which is independent of our circumstances. It is a peace which no experience in life can take from us. The peace he gives is like no other, and he freely gives it to us. He is our peace, and like Herschel said, he is our prince of peace. As I was, as I was preparing for this sermon, and John gave us the um, topic of peace, God reminded me of a, a situation or an experience that I had of just really experiencing his peace. And I wasn't sure how it was going to um, fit in with the sermon, but God has a funny way of making everything kind of come together. Um, so a few months ago, as some of you know, my husband Jeff had gotten COVID. Um, and seeing that positive test result was scary. Um, it brought on a lot of different emotions. 
But once I saw that test result, I immediately went into like mom slash nurse mode and started texting and calling people, making plans, um, and you know, told the kids they had to stay away from dad and go upstairs and sent Jeff to our room to quarantine. Um, <laughs> and um, I sat there just trying to figure out how we were gonna get through this. Uh, I was blessed that my parents took our youngest, Olivia, with them um, so she can be away from the house and not have to deal with all of the chaos that was going on. Um, and they were then sent to quarantine as well because they were with us the day before. Um, thankfully, neither my parents or Olivia caught COVID, which was a blessing. Um, but um, I tried as much as I could to just be careful in my own house of separating Jeff, separating the girls, separating myself. Um, and I believe after, I think it was like three days after Jeff tested positive, my older two girls also tested positive. And I thought, okay, it's only inevitable that at some point I'm also going to get it as well. I mean, Jeff had come home on a Saturday night. We were in close contact with one another. You know, we obviously slept in the same bed together. Um, so I just, I was fearful. I didn't want to get this. I was like, how am I going to have COVID, take care of my husband, and take care of my children? It, it was just not a, a good time. It was pretty scary. Um, I was thankful, though, that Jeff's symptoms only, like his flu symptoms, only lasted a few days. Um, he had fever and all the normal COVID symptoms. Um, and I think about day four, his fever broke and he started to feel a little more like himself. Um, he was still weak and couldn't walk much. Uh, he relied on breathing treatments in order to be able to feel like he could breathe and alleviate some of the pain. Um, he had a lot of pain in his chest when he breathed. Um, and even walking from the backyard to the front yard, like he tried to take out the trash one day and he said it felt like he was running a marathon. Um, so I think it was about a week into uh, doing all of the things, staying separated. Um, Jeff came to me one night or one morning and he said, I had a scary experience last night. I'm like, okay, what, what happened? And um, he said, well, I woke up and I started coughing and I couldn't catch my breath. And he said, it was just scary. I didn't feel like I could breathe. Um, and he did end up sitting up and having a drink of water and it surpassed. And I think I was a little upset that one, he had this experience because that's just scary not to be able to breathe. But then I was also a little upset because he didn't wake me up and tell me <laughs> that he had this experience and he needed help. Um, but I remember that night after he told me trying to go to bed and I was laying on the couch and I couldn't sleep. Like I think through this whole time, Jeff and I've only gotten two to three hours of sleep every night. And um, I was just laying there, couldn't sleep. And I was like, okay, I've done everything, I'm just gonna cry out to God. Like, I need your help. Um, so I remember just talking to him and I was telling him that I was scared, I was angry, um, that all of these different fears that were going on. I wanted my husband to feel better, I wanted my girls to get better, um, and that I didn't wanna get it. And I remember just sitting there crying out to God, and I remember his voice so clearly, and he asked me, do you trust me? And I said, well, yeah, of course I trust you. You've always taken care of me. 
and just kind of sat in that moment because God's voice has just was so clear that I think it was the first time it was just really, really clear that I knew with a, without a shadow of a doubt it was him. And as I sat in that moment, I had this just experience of peace. And I think the only way to describe it was like light or lightning going through my whole body. And I could see everything just kind of light up in my body going up and down. And I just laid there and I didn't want to move because it was probably one of the most peaceful experiences I've ever had. Um, and after that, I just kind of laid there and God said to me again, very clearly, he said, you will not get COVID and I will protect Jeff. And God's voice wasn't audible at that time, but it was so clear that I knew it was him. And when I woke up the next morning, I still had that sense of peace that I knew God was with us. I knew he was protecting us. Um, and I wasn't anxious. I wasn't fearful. Um, I knew God had just met me in that moment. Now, our circumstances didn't change. Jeff still had COVID. He didn't wake up and miraculously be healed. Um, and he even had another breathing attack one night. Um, but I knew that God was giving me peace in the midst of trouble and in the midst of fear. He was giving me an unexplainable peace. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Um, lastly, in Philippians 4, it says, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I cried out to God, and I experienced his peace. I love what Arlita said a few weeks ago in her sermon. She said, I don't know how to explain it. I was one way, and then I was another, and the only difference was Jesus. I went to bed fearful, anxious, and angry, and when I woke up, I was different, and the only explanation was Jesus. I want to say that God's peace is for everyone. It is for all of you. All you need to do is ask and trust that God will give you what you want or what you need, excuse me. Um, we may not always get what we want, but he will give you what you need. I know for some, as you heard the sermon today, you thought you really need to have this sense of peace over you, God's peace. So as we move into time of ministry, Herschel, you would join me. Um, I'm gonna ask that you would be bold today. Um, if you feel like you need that peace, that you need that unexplainable peace, I want to ask you to come up to the front, and we'd love to pray for you. Uh, we will have some prayer teams on the side as well um, that you can go to if you have any spiritual, emotional, or physical need. Um, but if you're feeling that tug in your heart to receive God's peace, I want you to come up front with us, and we'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. Could we all stand, please? And we're also going to put some words on the board as the prayer teams go over, and then we'll come back to what Carol just said. Uh, prayer team prays before the service and, and gets impressions of things the Lord wants to deal with in the service. So um, if we could have those up there. But let me just come back behind what Carol said. There we go. Chains of fatigue that need to be broken. 
God has your picture on his fridge. That's a good word of encouragement. <laughs> Let your heart be thirsty for God's presence. So if any of those things hit you, then when it's time to go to the prayer team, please go. Mm -hmm. But Carol has just given you an invitation, a powerful invitation. Before you go over there, if you need peace, if you're a person who needs peace, and let me tell you, there were two or three times this week that I would have been the first person up here. So we just want you to come up. We're not going to make a spectacle of you, but just step forward if you feel a need for peace in your life at this season. Could you do that? Anybody? Just step up here. Here comes some. Here comes some. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Here comes some. And here comes a brother who's visiting for the first time today. His name is Eric. And Eric, we're glad to have you. Come on up. Anybody else want to join us for peace? And we're going to pray for you here in just a second. But... Um, Maybe there's somebody here who you have not yet received the Prince of Peace into your life. He hasn't come in, come in and forgiven you of your sins and become your Lord. And we want to pray a prayer together. Is it going to be up there? It might be. Okay. I'll, I'll just lead in a prayer. And if you would like to receive the Lord in your life, you just repeat this prayer after me. I'm going to give you time to do it. It would be helpful if all of you would repeat this prayer for those who are new and shy. Oh, there you go. Uh, I often pray to receive the Lord, so I'm going to be praying this prayer as I lead it. Oh, there it is. Okay. So I'll, I'll lead it out, and then you repeat after me, all right? Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Just take a moment to ask his forgiveness for anything that's standing between you and Jesus. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. So that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit. To be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you have any need at all or any of those words hit you, please come over to the prayer teams. Do not leave without prayer. Carol and I are going to pray for these folks who have come up, and we would ask one more person to come up and join us in this prayer. And John, would you come and speak the blessing over the congregation uh, after the song, okay? Somebody else come and join us in prayer here. Lucy, why don't you come? Oh, Michael. Okay. All right. Michael, if you'd pray with me. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. 
Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And wild and sweet the words repeat A peace on earth, goodwill to men I thought how as the day had come The belfries of all Christmas So we've received an invitation this morning to a peace, not that the world gives, but to what Jesus gives. And that's real. It's, it's real in a special way because of this Advent season, we're reminded that God has come in the person of Jesus to be our peace. So Holy Spirit, we, we just say, come. We open the doors of our hearts for you to give us that peace this morning. Not as the world gives, not by... Whatever situation we're in, but because you're here with us. So I want to bless you to it. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that you would receive a supernatural peace, a Jesus peace, a peace that only God could give, no matter what your circumstance. That you'd go out with this peace, that you'd be able to live in that peace, and that peace would overflow in you and out into your world, into your family and your friends who work places, that this Christmas season would be filled with Jesus and his peace. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And go in peace. Go in peace. There's still prayer teams available. Please come uh, join us uh, tonight for Christmas caroling here at 5 o'clock, uh, 5.30 here at the, in the parking lot. And uh, love to have you. Is it 5 or 5.30? 5.30. 5.30.